What's good? What's popping? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Joe and Jet. I'm your host, Xavier Pegues. I'm here with my boy, my partner in crime, Mr. Joe Robinson. And we have a lot of guests on here today. So we have Mr. John Gary, Mr. Carter Poston, and Mr. Eric Robinson. How y'all boys doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thank y'all for being on here, man. Thank y'all. Hey, thank you for inviting me on here, man. All right, let's get it on. Let's get it on. So over the past weekend, the NFL Divisional was on. So we first going to talk about, John, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to start off with the Packers versus the Rams. So what is your opinion on that game? Uh, I mean, Packers defense showed up to play. I mean, there ain't no question about it. Uh, they look real good. Uh, I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers does his thing. Devontae Adams does his thing. I mean, Rams, uh, it's been a weird season. Cam Akers looks good. He's going to be the face of our franchise for a while. Jared Goff, uh, apparently him and McVay got some trouble now this season, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess I'll speak on it um i don't want to sound biased i am a 49er fan so <laughs> there's that um but yeah the rams the rams they they looked good but they obviously you know they could have looked better um cameras like he said cameras is amazing they need to give him a lot more carries um actually um i don't know his name jefferson jr he looked amazing that game as well um, but yeah, like you said, the Packers, they just came out there to play. They came out there to win. And because, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is just tired of the disrespect. And um, so you got to respect him at some point. If you don't, you need to now. So, and Aaron Jones as well. He played amazing. Yeah, to me, going into the game, the Rams' defense has been phenomenal all year, but they had season highs thrown at them in that game that haven't been thrown at them all season long. The Packers offense just destroyed them. Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has been the most slept on quarterback in modern history. He's only got one Super Bowl, I believe, but I mean, he's going after another one this year and uh, he's showing that uh, he's still got it for sure. Good. That was all good points. Good points. Um, yeah, um, Rams, when they beat the Seahawks, they, I mean, they, they looked at pretty good and stuff like that, but they had to realize that the Seahawks defense is really not that good. They haven't been good all year. Um, well, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams have been good, but, you know, the, the rest of that defense just awful. Um, Packers are balanced. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, he's 37 years old. Like Connor said, he's like, um, he, I mean, he gets disrespected a lot because, you know, he only won one Super Bowl. But you can't be like a 37-year-old quarterback and you having your best season. So, I mean, it just it, it was just a great game offensively, defensively for the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams showed that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. And, yeah, I believe that the Packers can be, you know, Buccaneers and everything and those Uh, for me, I mean, that's just goes to push goes to shove. Aaron Rodgers, MVP caliber, probably my personal opinion, Joe's 
Joe's personal opinion also that we think he's going to be an MVP. Um, no doubt. The way he played, amazing. I mean, number one offense against the number one defense. I mean, that just goes to show that Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. That he is still, he is a GOAT. Uh, Devontae, honestly, everybody was watch, watching that Adams versus Ramsey matchup, but more than like, but Devontae Adams won that indefinitely. No doubt. He like knocked out Jalen Ramsey off the map and just been like, all right, I'm going to show you why I'm one of the best receivers in the league. Top two, if not number two. So, on the rounds, they just need to be better offensively. Jared Goff need to go back to his old stuff. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. Defensively, keep it going defensively. I mean, Aaron Donald, who is the MVP caliber in the future. You got you, the linebacker core is kind of your kryptonite, low key. But that secondary with Williams. Ramsey, oh my lord, that's something that, that can't be stopped. And another, and another thing, and another thing, um, Green Bay, despite the great passing from Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, um, run offense is pretty good too. Aaron Jones and Jamal Adams, um, Aaron Jones had 99 yards with 14 and rushed it 14 times. Jamal Adams, 12 attempts with 65 yards. Those guys were amazing. And if they're going to move forward, um, you know, being great, those two guys are going to be the X factor for that offense. So I'm pretty excited to see, um, you know, Green Bay's run offense and see, you know, what can they do against the Bucks against that tough defense. But anyway, we're going to move on to the, uh, I hate to say this, but the Bills and the Ravens. So I must speak first on this one because that's my team, the Ravens. A few days I went down. I mean, the Bills defense is good, but they just so elusive. They knew the run was coming. They knew, like, they, the goal of the defense was don't let Lamar Jackson or don't let anybody on that running offense get first down, get the first down. Uh, basically, yeah, just don't let them get towards the run. Make them pass the ball. And if you're going to pass, make Lamar Jackson pass the ball. If you're going to let Lamar pass the ball, like, throw the ball. Yeah, uh, you're basically trying to, like, the, the second there is like saying, all right, let the team Mark Andrews, take Mark Andrews, next man up, it's Hollywood Brown. And they did a great job of doing that. Despite Lamar getting hurt, and Tyler Huntley came into play, honestly, he didn't. He did not do bad. I actually can say that he did not do bad on his end. Uh, the offense of Buffalo, Josh Allen will be an MVP in the future. I feel like Stephon Diggs has found a home in Buffalo, and him and Josh Allen connected since day one. But Ravens fought hard, so nothing I can do. So, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. Okay. Um, that game. Um, I don't even know what to say, man. That game went so many ways that I didn't think it was gonna go. Um, seventeen to three. 
That, now that Ravens defense, I am heavily impressed. I did not see that coming. I thought, I'm not gonna lie, I'm sorry, Jet, but I thought uh thought Josh Allen would throw all over you. And they proved me completely different. However, like you stated, they made you guys throw the ball, and that's not a part of your game plan. It's just not. They held Gus Edwards and JK to 42 yards and Lamar to 34, which it, that just can't happen with your offense. Um, Marquise, he only had four receptions. JK, three. Mark Andrews targeted 11 times and only had four catches. That cannot happen. And that, that um, game-winning pick, um, that right there, that sealed the deal, which, I mean, that defense knew you guys' red zone target is Mark Andrews, so that's, it's almost easy to read. So, basically, I mean, play calling mixed with, um, you know, terrible offense altogether. It just didn't help out. Uh, I mean, both defenses are really good. I knew it wasn't going to be a that high-scoring game because I figured defense would come out to play, which they did. Lamar Jackson, I mean, he didn't play that good. I mean, he played really good first round. This round, I don't know where he was at. I mean, defense is tough. Uh, the Ravens got to start making plays or Lamar's going to maybe one out. Or something's got to change in Baltimore. Hate to say it, Zay. Something's got to change because they got way too much talent on that team to not win. So, But the Bills are looking good. I don't, first round, I didn't think they looked that good. This round, they look defense looked really good. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do against the Chiefs. Coming into this game, uh, it was Josh Allen and Lamar's first playoff victories. I think nerves were still really ramped up. Um, I think the offensive line for Baltimore has got to do a little bit better of a job in that red zone. You know, the defensive line doesn't get to Lamar. That's probably a touchdown. And, of course, um, throwing the interception, pick six, that really changed the game. Then Lamar goes down. Um, Huntley almost had a touchdown pass. Dude was wide open. And if it, that could have changed the game so many different ways. It could have uh, ignited a fire beneath Baltimore. But it didn't go that way. Um, a couple different things go little bit different I believe that uh Baltimore could have wound up on top but obviously Lamar getting hurt really uh put a dent in that yeah um so looking at that game there was a lot of opportunities for both teams to score more for the Bills to score more than 17 points and um Ravens scoring more than three points. Justin Tucker, the best kicker in NFL history. I mean, I understand. I mean, the, I mean the wins. I ain't gonna blame it on him, honestly. The wins were tough, so that really affected you know those field goals. But like Connor said, yeah, um, he had a wide open man on that fourth and eight in the fourth quarter. That could have changed, you know, big time. Um, and you know, I think what. Um, Jet, I think what y'all y'all biggest need is a wide receiver, and that's that's just in my opinion. Um, because there was just like a lot of drop passes, and really, I I didn't really see you know your receivers getting a lot of separation either. So I mean, Mark Andrews, your tight end, you know he can, but 
you know, they had a game plan for him because he knows that's Lamar's favorite target. So, you know, if Lamar was going to win a Super Bowl with Baltimore, there, there's going to have to be some changes around, like um, John says. And that's just my take. I know as a Raiders fan, I mean, I stand as long as we definitely need a receiver. And emphasis, we don't need a receiver that's under six feet. I mean, Hollywood's 5'8", Duvernay's 5'10", Crochet is like 5'10", 11". Willis Need is right at six feet. I think the tallest receiver we have is Dave Bryant. He's standing at 6'2". And I think you DBs are locking him down because they know he's not he's not really going to get the ball, but that he's still his hands are still lethal. Like, even though he hasn't played in three years, but, I mean, Ravens just need to draft a wide receiver. And once you get, once you get, like, Nick Boyle, our best blocking tight end, Ronnie Stanley, our left tackle, and Matt Skura, our, our starting center, I feel like we'll still be okay. So, but... Our biggest concern in the NFL draft is to get a wide receiver. But anyway, um, next, Kansas City and Cleveland. What's your opinion? Well, I had, in my heart of hearts, I wanted Cleveland to kind of upset Kansas City. Um, It was a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected. Mahomes going out kind of changed a lot of things, but Andy Reid proves game in and game out that he is one of the best head coaches the NFL has in this day and age. He had the backup quarterback. Um, I can't even remember his name right now, but he almost sealed the deal, and when they were thinking they were going to take it to two-minute warning, Andy Reid tells him to snap it and throws it to Tariq Hill and seals the deal with the first down. He's one of the best offensive minds, and he's really changed Kansas City and made it one of the biggest dynasties in the NFL today. Yeah, I agree with you, Connor, on that. I mean, Andy Reid is something else. I mean, he's definitely the best coach in the NFL. He's made people into superstars on that Kansas City team. Um, he's gonna play. He's gonna play Kansas City ball. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, it'll be hope Patrick Mahomes gets back for the Buffalo game. Uh, Chad Henney looked all right. Browns, you know, everybody wants them to win because everything. I mean, they didn't they didn't look too bad. It's just the Kansas City Chiefs are. That's just that's just them. They're gonna win. It's gonna be hard to beat them at home. So. Um. Man, all I can say is anything is possible. Is that what they say? Um, that game was very, very interesting. Um, the Browns, the Browns, I had a feeling they would lose, but I didn't think, I don't know. I had a, I just, something in me felt they could win that game. But when you only give Kareem Hunt six carries and Nick Chubb three, 13 carries, you're not going to win that game. If you're forcing Baker to throw, away from play action plays, that's not it's not gonna work out for you. Um Pat Mahomes going down, I feel like that scores higher. If Pat Mahomes is still in the game, Chad Henney missed some throws that Pat Mahomes we all know the Holmes would make. So yeah, I just feel like I mean, 
it was an obvious winner at the end of the day. We knew what the Chiefs came to do. They came to win. Um, the Browns, though, they're making progress. They make it, They haven't been this far in a long time, so I can't wait to see what their future is going to be like. Most definitely, Eric. Um, I mean, the first drive that Kansas City even had, they just stumped the Browns that first drive where, um, where Patrick Mahomes finished with the one-yard um, rushing touchdown. I mean, after that, it, it could have went like both ways. There was a big fumble that should have been called helmet to helmet um, and went in the end zone for a touchback. Yeah, I mean, there, there were just so many ways that Cleveland probably could have won this game, um, you know, with Patrick going out with that concussion. But, you know, when when they the Chiefs didn't play in two weeks, you know, they're, they're you know, they were going to get prepared, um, you know, like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They was combined 16 catches and 219 yards. I mean, you really can't stop those two. It, it's, that's just a hard task. And like I said today, last week, shout out to Jalen Tarr on our game changers, that, you know, the Chiefs are just too much for the Browns. Now, they are not the same anymore. Like, when we were against, they were 0-16. But, yeah, that was just a, a, a hard task to do, just to go in Kansas City to pick my homes and beat them. Chad Henney with that, that big rushing arm, that 15 yards, I believe, to set up that game winning arm. That was big, and I thought, you know, when Cleveland could have got the ball back, I could have won. You know. With that Cleveland and Kansas City game, I mean, like Eric said, Henny think it's possible. Chase Henny, I mean, Chad Henny, not bad. Pat Mahomes should have ran the ball. Uh, yeah, the running backs for a reason, but I can understand why. Uh, I mean, you have a top three, top five offense. Your running game is not really at its best, but you make something happen. But I'm more proud of Cleveland because what they did, what they faced, um, they just they just went out. They went all out. Kevin Stefanski, I feel like he's going to be a coach of the year because of his adversity. And Baker Mayfield finally has a coach that he can rely on in a sense. So, yeah, that was pretty much my two cents. Uh, but the last game, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Oh man, that. Uh, what can you say about two legends going head to head? Um, two of the very best quarterbacks we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Um, I hate to say it, being being the Niner fan that I am, I I, I want to call Joe Montana the goat so bad, but Tom Brady just proves me wrong every time. Um, Tom, I mean that Saints. Well, first of all, that Buccaneers defense came to play. 
They um not being able to do the Saints, they lose the Buccaneers two times in a row. They couldn't let that happen again. Um, so Drew, Drew in that offense, they really just couldn't get going. You see, Alvin Kamara only had 85 yards, which isn't bad, but you know, we know he can do better. Um, Ty Montgomery only 14 yards rushing, and Drew those three picks. We don't usually see that. Um, it's just that game did not go well for the Saints and Leonard Fournette. I came, I can say, even though the stats don't show it, he came to play that game. He made a lot of good plays at the right times, and you can see it. You watch the highlights, you can see all of that. So, um, yeah, just know the Buccaneers, man. Buccaneers versus Packers, that's gonna be the game. I don't know. I might, I might take. Yeah, a clash of icons. Definitely two of the best that I've seen play since I've been alive. Um, Drew Brees, one Super Bowl to his name. Wish he had more. He had plenty of opportunities to have more, should have more. But at least he's gotten one. Um, I want to say that this might be his last year. Um, but the Saints do have a Taysom Hill. And I, I, from what I've seen, I think they're in good hands. Who knows? It's definitely not a Drew Brees, but it's something to build on. Um, but Tom Brady is definitely the number one quarterback that I've ever seen play. And he, like like you said, he, he proves it game in and game out. Um, it's definitely going to be a showdown. Hopefully he can get to the Super Bowl. Who knows? I mean, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, like I said, he slipped on. So and you got Devontae Adams. So you got threats that you got to go against, and that's where the defense for the Buccaneers is going to have to show up. But I knew coming in it was going to be a good game. Three interceptions, I think that kind of sums it up. That's you can't. It's hard to win games when you give the ball away three different times. But uh, regardless, it was a great showdown between two great quarterbacks that we might not ever see play again. But uh, definitely a, a great showdown. Yeah, um, it just, like, it, it, it's kind of heartbreaking to see Breeze leave like that. Uh, he definitely should have went to the Super Bowl at least one more time, especially in 2018 when they played the um, L.A. Rams in the divisional round and that no-call pass interference. But what a heck of a career has it been for Drew Breeze. He's definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. But Tom Brady is the GOAT for a reason. And, you know, last night he definitely definitely showed it. And Breeze, you know, he had a horrible game, you know, 134 yards, three picks, one touchdown. That's not going to do it, especially not in the playoffs. So I, I predicted that Tampa Bay was going to win this game because those two teams are just too similar. Um, you know, both of them got great offenses. Both of them had great defenses. So, but I just thought Brady was going to pull it out. So that's just my take on it. Congratulations to um, Tom Brady and congrats to Drew Brees on a great Yeah, Tampa Bay, I mean, they came out to play. Todd Bowles had that defense ready on opening drive. I think Whitehead smacked Emmanuel Sanders, and I said, mm, this game might be over. Drew Brees, you know, one of the GOATs, great quarterback. Slant Boyd didn't really do much last game or that game. But uh, Packers versus Bucks, man, that's going to be a good, good game. 
Like, I, I really don't know who's going to win. Because if Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay comes out to play and Packers do, I don't know, man. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to watch. Okay, so Tampa Tom, I don't like him, but I have to respect him. I mean, now uh, I, I arguably got to say this, Tom Brady's the GOAT. 43, still playing like this. You're in a whole nother division, and you still putting up numbers in the fourth quarter. Like, Tom Brady can do bad all three, all the first three quarters. But once he hits that fourth quarter, you bet you better beware. Uh, Drew Brees, I don't, I did not want to see him go out like that. Like, I thought this year was the year for New Orleans to actually kick in the door and say that we can be in Super Bowl. But Tom Brady has moved to the NFC and then he just put put the numbers up. I mean, hate to see it, but it's just how it is, I guess. But moving on. Okay, so we know that college football is over. So what is next for the players, especially for the high no-name players? that are going to the NFL draft, at the Clapford NFL draft. So what is your opinion on all of that? Well, um, I mean, it's been a, been a crazy college football season this year, obviously, um, you know, with COVID and stuff happening. And just, you know, um, some divisions not playing to, you know, the full full games. But, you know, what's next for players that are heading to the NFL? I mean, just, I would say just keep doing what they've been doing and, you know, work even harder to reach the limit. This is their dreams. Like, guys like, like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Um... You know they're going. I think they're going to do pretty good, pretty good in um, the NFL. So I just, I would say, just keep doing what they're doing and work even harder. And it's got- um, what's next for these guys? There's a lot of things next for these guys. They every year they say there's a new generation coming. There's a new generation coming. I feel like this year there's really a shift in football coming our way. You got guys like Justin Fields, who's basically a Lamar Jackson, except three, four times bigger, and basically can run the same speed, if not faster than Lamar. Um, you got Trevor Lawrence, who's even though you got Carolina fans in here, we can't we can't deny Trevor Lawrence has got to be the best quarterback in football right now. Well, at least in college football. Um, you got guys like um, Devontae, Heisman winner. Um, nobody can guard him at the moment. Like uh, you, you can put any corner in front of him, any safety in front of him, nobody can guard him. Um, you got running backs, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, all these guys from different schools. You got Russo, the DN for, out of Miami. It's football coming, so I cannot wait to see um, what these guys bring to the table and what's next. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, T-Law does. Um, he's been in the Clemson program, and he, he's definitely showed he's one of the top quarterbacks in college, but the transition to college to NFL is a big fish in a small pond to being that normal-sized fish in the ocean. There's It's, it's def- definitely a uh, change in play. Um, we've seen that with running backs, receivers. You take guys that uh, dominated in college, and it kind of brings them down to earth. Some some are already humble, and some it humbles them for them. Uh, you got guys who've dominated the NFL that you just couldn't see a guy coming straight out of college, running routes and dominating. But uh, it's definitely going to be a transition. Uh, when you're the best in college football, usually those guys are humble, but you, sometimes you get cocky guys. But uh, that first NFL hit usually kind of humbles them up. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys can bring to the table, definitely in the NFL, to teams that need them. So uh, Jacksonville, I believe they'll definitely take Lawrence, um, and I don't know who's going to take Fields, um, but it's definitely going to be interesting on draft night. Yeah, um, earlier today they changed the uh, format of the combine, so there's going to be no in-person workouts. Uh, All the interviews and health screenings are going to be online and stuff like that. Uh, what I'm going to be interested to see is how these guys who opted out they're either before or during the season, how they're going to perform in the NFL, like Jamar Chase, J.C. Horn, uh, people like that. I mean, Jamar Chase came in for a season. They say he's better than Devontae Smith. Now, whether or not people people did say that, people did say that. I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying that because I know Devontae Smith's the best receiver I've seen in a very long time. But there was a lot of draft experts who say that they would take Jamar Chase over Devontae Smith. So it'll be interesting to see if he can live up to that hype or not. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, best quarterback, you know, transcendent player, should be. If he goes to Jacksonville, he's going to move first-year coach Urban Meyer. I don't know how Urban Meyer's going to do. don't know how Jax is going to do. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Most definitely. And um, I just had this crazy thought. Okay, so Jacksonville, Jacksonville, um, just hired Urban Meyer to be head coach. I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville take Justin Fields number one. And here's why: because you played with Urban Meyer in college, and then if you when you make the transition to the NFL, you you will at least get like something that you're familiar with. Now, I got Trevor Lawrence going number one, but I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Jacksonville do that to go number one. But that's just a surprise. All right. Uh, Joe, I definitely get what you're saying, but I, I, I feel like all of us, I speak for myself, for the people that are listening, um, that that's not going to happen on this. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but excuse, I just don't think it will happen. Uh, Justin Fields, I just don't want them to pull like what happened with Deshaun Watson. Like everybody thought Deshaun Watson was like top five, then he went top ten, and then dude went like twelve. I just don't want that to happen with Jay Fields. Um, one thing that really um. That really stood out about this draft class are the wide receivers. 
I mean, wide receiver you is deep in this year's draft class. I mean, you have guys like Jamar Chase, um, Dan Waller, Devontae Smith. I mean, you got uh, who? Amari Rogers. I think he he declared. I'm, I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Shot Smith. You have all these players. These wide, especially these wide receivers, especially Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall is no, is like nobody to play with. I would, I honestly would not be surprised if he goes first, late first round, maybe early second round, because the man had like 20, nearly 20 touchdowns this year, and he he was just a force to be reckoned with, because like he basically took over that power after Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase opted it out. But I don't know. I really don't know. I, we really have to see, though. But, so, on our, on our Instagram, um, shout out to John Brown, um, Jonathan Brown, for giving us this topic. Um, go check out his podcast at Reality Roundtable. Great content, amazing content out there. But he but he basically wanted us to talk about this. What are your thoughts about the transfer portal? Basically, from the fan bases to the coaches, what is to me it's uh all about confidence if a player has confidence in himself to venture out and try a new school and do good then i'm all for it joe burrow justin fields and jalen hurts all proved that it can be great for careers i think if joe burrow didn't make that move he definitely wouldn't be in the spot he is today he wouldn't have ended up with a college football championship but then you see guys like uh Mac Jones, and he stayed in the program at Alabama, and you see where that got him. So it's risk versus reward. You step out there, I think you got to be a betting man and bet on yourself. But uh, like I said, it's proved to work, and then in other cases, it's proved to stay. As far as fan bases, it, it could be a little hard to adjust. You got a backup quarterback that you see becoming a starter, and he just leaves and goes to a different college. I understand that, but he's looking out for himself, and he's looking big picture, which is the NFL, and I understand that 100, 110%, but uh, like I said, Mac Jones at work for staying, and it's been proven, like I said, for Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, and Jalen Hurts to work as well, so it could go either way for me, but I'm all for it. transfer portal for me it's um like you said it's it's risk reward um like he gave great examples the biggest biggest examples of you know recent date um recent events um i'll go with justin fields we know he could have thrived at georgia however him going to ohio state was probably a better move um because you know georgia they just when it comes to Georgia, they don't use their weapons wisely. Sometimes their weapons just have to show themselves half the time. So, like Nick Chubb, I feel like he just he put himself out there. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, and he just did his thing. So, um, but then yeah, he gave him Mac Jones, who, sat, who had to sit behind Tua and Jalen Hurts. Um, sitting behind Jalen Hurts is one thing, but when you're sitting behind Tua, probably one of the best quarterbacks in that school's history. Um, 
it's kind of hard to, you know, even begin to overshadow that. So, and these fan bases, they get a little rowdy sometimes. Um, and I say a little with grain of salt, because depending on who you are, they, they just, they take it too literal. Like, you could be their own son. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you got to, you got to tune them out, do what's best for you, and take your own. I think the transfer portal is a good thing, but if you're going to transfer, you know, it kind of depends on what you value. You know, you go to this school, I mean, they're going to promise you everything that you want and you're probably going to believe it. And then you get there and like that, they're yours. And, you know, freshman year, you might not play a lot. You know, sophomore year, you might not play. You could be Mac Jones, wait till you're already graduated, come in, win best quarterback. Um, I think I think it can be a good thing. I think it can be a bad thing. It really just depends on what you value and what you're getting out of the school that you're at. Um, I think it's good for all sports as well, not just football. Uh, you see it mostly in basketball too. There's been a lot of cases where uh, Kentucky now has three transfers on their team, I think. But I mean, they're not doing that good. But that's a whole different story. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Just depends on what you value. So, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, like Connor says, it's all about confidence. It's all about you know what's best for you at the end of the day. Um, just like y'all said, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, you know those guys. You see how you know they came out. You know LSU for Burrow, Ohio State with Fields. I mean, if it wasn't for you know. Um, transfer transfer porter, you know, these guys probably would have the same recognition, but it's just all about, you know, what's best for you and how comfortable you are. So that's how that's my yeah, I have to agree, like, with all y'all. Like, the transfer portal is, is great, it's great in all aspects. Um, like y'all said, Joe Burrow. I mean, he he was in front, he was behind JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins Jr. Um, before all the matches with him, but that's neither him nor there. <laughs> but uh, Justin Fields, he could have really thrived at Georgia, but Kirby Smart won Jay from the start. I guess he's seen a future better than him. And honestly, in my opinion, I feel like Georgia would have nearly had a chip if Justin Fields was starting. But that's just that's just how I feel. Uh, South Carolina, that's definitely a number one, especially after this year. Like you got a new coach with Shane Beamer, all these people, and then he getting all these coaches, these new coaches, renewing his staff instantly, trying to turn around the program. Uh, all these players transferring. I mean, Jamie Robinson to Florida, Florida State, Kier Thomas to Florida State, um, John Dixon to Penn State. Ryan Halinski, we don't know where he's going yet. I mean, it, it all depends. It all depends on how you feel, how your confidence feels. Do you see yourself in another position, in another environment? Um, just the fan bases, I mean, it's just like, you if you're not an athlete, then you don't know where they go to. Because sometimes they just be like, I, I don't see myself right here. I'm about to go somewhere else and make, make something out. 
the transfer portal is honestly what is is needed. It was it's definitely needed. Um, anybody else have anything to say? Any additional remarks? All right, so the quick delivery segment. So, who do you think is the most improved player in the NBA so far? I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first on this one. Um, I would say Gordon Hayward. I mean, he's going back to his old self. I still don't agree with that. Um, that contract he had in, in Charlotte, but it's whatever. But dudes were playing great. I mean, averaging a little over 20 points a game. Uh, looking like Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward before the injury in Boston, but. I just feel like he's doing what to do. Um, and I can also add Jeremy Grant in that conversation too because him and Zach Levine are like that dynamic duo in Chicago right now. Um, Jeremy Grant, yeah. Uh, Christian Wood on the Rockets. You can put Shy in there. I mean, there's a lot of people who have improved this year. Julius Randle even. I mean, he's he's balling on the Knicks. He is doing really good. But um, if I had to pick one person, it's probably gonna be Christian Wood because I mean, this dude was a nobody, and now he's averaging what 23 a game, something like that, putting up big numbers for the Rockets. So if anybody's, if I had to pick somebody right now, it'd be Christian Wood. I'm gonna go out on a limb and uh, say John ja Morant. I know he got injured, and uh, it looks like he's gonna be coming back soon which I think he's already came back, but average 17 points his rookie year. In my opinion, he's definitely, he reminds me a lot of Derrick Rose. He's one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA today. He's so explosive. He can make things happen. He can pass. He can dunk. He's a playmaker. He's what a lot of organizations need. Um, but to me, if he comes back healthy, he's averaging 24 right now. I know he's just a couple games. But if he hits his strides like he was earlier in the year, I, I could see him averaging around that, if not more. And in my opinion, jumping up from 17 to mid-20s, maybe high-20s, and at the level of play he's playing, I could see him possibly going from rookie of the year to most improved player. Um, I'm going to have to agree with the uh, Christian Wood point. The guys undrafted out of UNLV. Nobody even knows his name until last year. Um, last year, he's averaging 13 points, um, six rebounds, 0.9 assists. Now he's jumped up to 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, and one about two steals a game. Um, he's shooting a little bit worse, but that's only because they're giving him chances to shoot now. He's going from 56.7 from field goal percentage to 52. But um, yeah, Christian Wood, man, he's he's talking to Rockets, and as much as Laker fan as I am, not saying I don't think the Rockets would beat him, but I definitely think they'd have more of a chance if Christian Wood was able to play that series last year. All good points, fellas. Um, you know, with the Christian Woods, the Shy, um, Jeremy Grant, all good points. But I think y'all said. Julius Randle, and I'm going to say him. He's averaging 21 points a game, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. That's almost a triple-double, guys. And 
I mean, I feel for Christian Wood because, you know, his backstory and all. But, you know, with the New York Knicks, looking at the New York Knicks, they haven't been inciting in a very, very long time. Um, They're number six in the East, all because, you know, of the great playing by Julius Randle. And I wouldn't be surprised if he even be an all-star this year. That's how, you know, he elevated from last year to this year. So I would say Julius Randle as my most improved. I said, Connor, uh, great point about John Morant, but I had to respectfully disagree with him. reason I say that, the, in, my, in my definition, in my slash opinion, the most improved player is like you're you averaging, you barely getting off the bench. You haven't got off the bench or like you averaging maybe like eight, eight a game. And then you have an uproar and you averaging like 18, 19, 20 points, even 25 a game the next year. John Morant, yeah, you averaging 17 points. But another thing, John Morant just needs help. You just need one more body, and then, like, he'll be okay, and, like, Memphis can make a playoffs. And another thing, um, yeah, yeah, that I agree with John Morant, but I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with the Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward has always been pretty good. He always averaged about 20 a game. I mean, after that injury, he just had to bounce back. So, and it didn't took him long at all. But, yeah, that's why I had to disagree with um, the Gordon Hayward one because Gordon Hayward always been pretty good. You know, he, he just had to he just had to bounce back from that um, scary injury a couple years ago. So, yeah, that, that's my input on the Gordon. Yeah, I would have to disagree with Gordon Hayward, too. I mean, he's always put up those kind of numbers, that production. I mean, he comeback player of the year, his award in the NBA or not. But if anybody on the Hornets would win the most improved player, it'd be Terry Rozier. Because, I mean, man man is balling this year. I mean, they're winning games because of him. You know, they're they're doing all right. Uh, you know, so that's my take on that. <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to move on. So, the Jets have hired defensive, former defensive coordinator for the 49ers, Robert Saleh. So, Eric, I'll meet you first because this is your team. Do you think Robert Saleh can improve the Jets? Um, Rob, he was a great, great defensive coordinator for us, as you can see. Um, last year, number one defense in the, in the league this year. I believe we're still top 10, top five, even with all the injuries going on. Um, Robert, Robert, um, his game plan used to be see us mostly in zone, barely blitz. He just has a certain game plan um, to put us in the winning position. Um, and like we can't do anything with the offense right now, but our defense is one thing I can put our put my pride into at the moment because I know we can shut down almost any team in the NFL. Um, him going to the Jets that will help their defense majorly. They got young guys on their defense, Marcus May. Quinnen Williams, and I just know those guys will be able to make plays. They are—they're already making plays, but with Robert joining the team, becoming the head coach with the defensive mind he has, 
he can now the defense is now all his completely. He has a say in everything. So I know that defense is gonna improve majorly. Um I know he's taking some guys from us with him. So I feel like that offense will improve. I feel like they should stay with Sam Donald right now. And because Sam Donald is not a bad quarterback at all. They should stay with him. I know he can play well. They just got to get an O-line for him. But I feel like overall, yeah, um, I think he will, he can turn around this bad franchise. But yeah, like Eric said, he 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 needs offense. He, he definitely needs an offense right now. Because looking at the numbers, they was 31st in passing yards, 31st in receiving yards. They didn't convert a lot of first downs. Their rushing is horrible, and they're last in points. Their offense is terrible. So being the defensive coordinator heading for the head coach position, you know, he's going to be in a tough position because he's going to need all these – you know, O-line, like Eric said, he's going to like new receivers. I don't know about Sam Donald. I'm still not too sold on him yet. So, yeah, I would be surprised if they drafted, you know, a quarterback. So, what would you guys see what's going to happen? Yeah, I think uh, the Jets definitely have to worry about their offense more. Um... I mean, that's a start. I mean, defense wins championships, as the saying goes. But if your offense can't win games, you can't get to the championship. Uh, I think that the Jets organization, they have a tough decision to make, whether it's keep Sam Darnold or go after a guy like Justin Fields um, or a receiver. If you have faith in Sam Darnold, keep him. But if you have any concerns, I would shove him off to another team, maybe get some good key players to help out your new quarterback. I mean, it's a tough decision to make. I mean, almost got the first round draft pick, uh, or the first pick of the draft, excuse me. Uh, but they still have key players, like I talked about. They got plenty of receivers to choose from, as we stated uh, earlier. But they have the Justin Fields pick, to me, is going to be one to watch on draft night. Uh, don't get me wrong, the defense is going to need some work. They're no, by no means the best. They're in the back half of the NFL, but if you got key players, you know you got talent there, and you got a coach that can coach them up, I think offense is where the emphasis needs to be on. Um, I think anything's an improvement for this Jets franchise. Adam Gase is probably the worst coach and general manager I've ever seen. Dude looks coked out half the time in his interviews. Um, I think it's a good hire. Uh, I think, I mean, the, he's led the 49ers defense for three years. They've been probably the most consistent defense in the NFL. Um, so, in the draft, I think they got, they should go out and get a playmaker, not really a quarterback. I think they should have faith in Sam Darnold. I mean, he's good. You draft him number one for a reason. Give him a couple more years, see what he can do. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's an improvement. So. Yeah, I agree. I just don't want, yeah, like John said, I just don't want Sam Darnold to be like a bust, like Johnny Manziel or somebody like that. So I say if you get like, go after a player like Devontae Smith or something like that, then, you know, y'all can get something cooking with Darnold and Smith. But we'll just have. I mean, yeah, Joe, I can, with you and, uh, I can agree with you and Joe. 
I agree with all of y'all, honestly. But like, it's the same way how I feel about South Carolina with Shane Beamer. Like, I'm not expecting a whole turnaround season. Like, I ain't expecting you to win a championship, logo like deep. Like, I'm not, I'm not really expecting that. That would be great. But, but Rob, honestly, defensively, like Eric was talking about, you led the charge in in defense, and you actually putting up numbers, and you have crazy players on there. Like amazing players on these minutes. I mean, you got Quentin Williams. He's not. He's not bad. Marcus May. He is not bad either. C.J. Mosley. Besides the injuries, he's honestly a hard-hitting linebacker. Shouldn't have traded him from the Ravens, but that's neither here nor there. I'll, I will be in about that later on. <laughs> but like, like you said, Joe, with if you going for somebody like Devontae Smith, I can see that. But knowing they only got the second second pick, uh, second round draft pick, I'll I'll be surprised, but I would not be surprised if they got a wide receiver for the second round for the second round pick. Cause I just don't, I normally don't see that. You really just go for a quarterback, or you just go for like, and then next um, draft, next pick, you probably go for like somebody maybe a. Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, something like something of those sorts. But I, I just never really seen a wide receiver go right at number two in a draft pick in the, in the NFL draft. So honestly, but anyway, with Soleil, I honestly, uh, if I want to predict a record for the Jets next year, I would honestly say not make the play. They're not gonna make playoffs, but it'll at least be. 5-11-16. Um, I'll say 4-12. I just hope to win some games. I mean, <laughs> that's the biggest thing. Win games. You don't have to make the playoffs. I mean, you're not going to turn around the ship that fast. Nobody's saying go to the playoffs and make a run like the Browns did. Um, or possibly go to the Super Bowl. You know, that's a little, that's a long shot. We just want to see good football. I mean, like we talked about, their, their defense, they have playmakers. It's just, I think, offense. You got to score touchdowns to win games. You can't be a stalemate, 0-0. You don't want a bunch of ties at the end of the season. But uh, I think I just want them to win games. I, I don't know if it'll be three, three wins, four wins, maybe seven, six. But uh, I think the biggest thing they need to focus on is winning football games. Yeah, I mean, honestly, respectfully, I just, I really don't, I, I really don't want Adam Gibbs to get another coaching job because, like, that, that season you, he had with the Jets, man, I'm 20 and I could, and, I, and I'm not that great. And football's not even my strong sport. And I could have done better than that. Like, God, my mom doesn't know anything about football. She could have coached the team, coached the Jets better than that. Like, Lord have. Yeah, they can't. They ain't going to playoffs in the next couple of years because you got the Bills and the Dolphins. That's that's pretty tough right now, and it's gonna be. It's gonna take a couple of years, but like I said, we'll see what it's a lot. 
but alert, alert, alert. Um, well, it's not really an alert now, but last week it was. But Jan, uh, the Brooklyn Knicks acquired James Harden, and James Harden was happy that he got the HD double hockey sticks out of Houston, and he's and like he's doing he he did him he did amazing. I mean, 13, 14, and twelve. In your in your debut game, Jesus. But that's not the point here. Um, do you think Brooklyn can stay balanced whenever Kyrie comes back? Uh, not at first. You know, you got three superstars, two of which are ball dominant. The other one, you know, can drop thirty on ten shots. Um, it's going to take a while to get used to. Steve Nash is really going to have to actually step in and tell these guys what's up. Um, but what I like to saw, what I like, or what I like to see was James Harden coming in that game happy, smiling. Uh, looked like he was happy to be there, which is good. I feel like he can change the way he plays sometimes. Uh, Kyrie's just going to have to get used to being that third option on that team, though, and I, I feel like it's going to be tough for him. But if they all had the same common goal, I feel like they can mesh well. I don't think they're going to start off meshing well. They might not win the championship either this year. But I think these guys are in it for the long run, or I hope so, because it's going to be a fun team to watch. So, Yeah, the chemistry between KD and James Harden, it looks to still be there. Um, now, how well will Kyrie mess with that? I believe if they play team basketball good, it'll be just like Golden State and like he talked about. You know, I don't see them jumping into it and just dominate. It's going to take some getting used to. It takes time to build chemistry and relationships with your teammates. Um, but just, I want to see good team basketball. That's what it's all about. You know, you can't go and drop 40 each player each, each night, you know. Somebody's going to have to give a little bit, um, which coming from the point position, um, you got to pass the ball. So, And we know Kyrie can handle the ball. Um, but... I want to see Kyrie kind of flourish in the point guard position, you know, kind of pass off, give opportunities to other players. Dinwiddie's not back either. So, you know, you got two guys you're waiting on, and chemistry's going to take time to build. Um, you don't just jump into things and just run with it. It's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, Like you said, if they, if they end up meshing well, it's going to be a – a very scary sight. Um, that that those three. I feel like I don't. Their, their defensive matchups worry me a little bit because besides KD, um, that team isn't matching up with many people. Um, which is going to take the Lakers, for example. Um, you got Jared. You're losing Jared Allen is a big thing. Um, you can't have DeAndre Jordan Garden. Um, Anthony Davis all game is just not going to work out for you. Um, with the uh, say they're facing the Bucks, um, I think they are tonight actually. Um, KD is matching up with Giannis, but there's not much else going for him. Um, them staying balanced, um, considering Kyrie couldn't even think of himself being the second option um, when he was in Cleveland. I doubt he wants to even be the third option in Brooklyn. So. Um, they're going to have to figure out something, and they're going to have to figure it out fast. That's even if Kyrie does come back. Um, he's got a lot going on right now that even the NBA doesn't even know about probably. So if he does end up coming back, I feel for the defensive matchups and just Kyrie.
mean, it can, it can work out, like, can balance out. But um, those three guys just like to have the ball in general. I mean, if you have, if you're down about two points or and you're trying to shoot a three down the line, then you can ask either three of those guys to take the final shot. Um, you know, K- KD is one of the best players we've ever seen. James Harden is the best scorer probably in this generation. Kyrie, his handles are just crazy. Um, not still, still not better than AI, in my opinion. But um, yeah, Steve Nash just gotta sit with these guys, tell them, you know, this is what's gonna go on. You know, you're not gonna drop 30 at night like you did in your on your old teams. And the bench, um, yeah, that's gonna take some work. Um, they, in my opinion, they should try to go for Kenneth Reed. So. Let's just see how it plans. I'll see it. Let's see how it plans out. And yeah, it could work and they could compete championship, but it just gotta balance out well. Which I Yeah, for me. I mean, a lot of things went down for that. I mean, can they stay balanced with Kyrie? Initially, no, but later on in the future, yes. Uh, we still see uh, still see that James Harden and Kevin Durant still had that chemistry like they did in OKC. You know, I mean, it's way better. I mean, even though it's one game, it was way better than what we've seen with Harden and Westbrook in Houston. Um, like I said, it won't be too it won't be like too much on them, but I just don't think. I still think the Nets are going to the, to the playoffs. We all know that. But I just, I mean, but it's basically if all three of them play together right now, it'll be like, oh, I want the ball. I want the ball. I want the ball. And they're not going to drop like 30, 40 a game. Like they might drop two, might drop 30, the other one might drop like 20. I mean, the averages that the averages in points per game is going to decrease because like, it's basically like I said, it's basically like who wants the ball? Like I want the ball and ball and ball. Because like Kyrie wanna get some assists, James Harden wanna play some assists, he wanna James Harden might just that pad. Kyrie wanna try to score. KD, we all know he's trying to score too. But yeah, I mean giving up your bench for one player. I mean that's that's good and all, but now you just gotta be like now you're looking like okay. What we gotta do now? So, cause the only person you really have on your bench is um Joe Harris. Everybody else is kind of like non irrelevant. Is irrelevant, like um man. Yeah, and I agree, Joe. Like get Ken Free. That'll be that'll be a, a great addition to the um, Brooklyn bench. I mean, now you got now you trade all your draft picks, your all your the rest of your key bench players to like other teams. Get out to the Cavs, Cavs Levert, Prez and Cavs Levert, honestly. Um, but definitely Jared out to the Cavs. Now, now the Cavs got a lot of big men. Probably, I think they have like five big men now. And now you're just looking like, okay, what are we gonna do now? But can they say balance with Kyrie? Bottom line. Like I said, not at first, but once time, once they know how to play with each other, 
like how to like have that team chemistry once they build that team chemistry up then i feel like they're gonna be unstoppable i mean that's like one of the few that's like the first trio of this nba season but other than that like we have to see because that's just that's big and that's like big among every sports person's mind But we're going to wrap it up here. I appreciate John, Connor, and Eric for hopping on and letting us talk sports with Joe and I. So peace, love, and positivity. And we'll see y'all. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.